You're listening to the Geek Universe Fandom Podcast. I am your host, Calvin Jones. And now, Mr. Spock, shall we begin? Shut up and sit down. This is the Geek Universe Fandom Podcast. I am your host, Calvin Jones. This is a show where we talk about all things geeked out, freaked out, in the geek multiverse, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo, check this out. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Now, I did a show last week, and, um, and I, I'm going to say this. There's a lot of stuff that's been happening in the news. Uh, some last week at the tail end of things, and also um, some stuff this week. There's been some big, big stuff happening with Marvel, all right? So we're going to be talking about a lot of Marvel stuff in this show, okay? Some really, really cool news, all right? So first thing I'm going to say is this. Alright, one of the first topics I'm going to cover is I'm going to be talking about Stephen Dorff. Oh, no, excuse me, Stephen Dorff. Alright, now, let me ask y'all a question before I even go into this, you know, topics. How many of you actually know who the hell Stephen Dorff is? Yeah, the silence was on purpose because I was giving you a minute to think about it. Um, the answer is most of y'all probably don't even realize who the hell Stephen Dorff is. You know what the hell with it? Stephen Dork. His name is Stephen Dork moving forward. But let me tell you who Stephen Dork is. His real name is Stephen Dork, of course. But Stephen Dork, that's what he's going to be because he's been acting like a dork lately. Um, Stephen Dork had some shade that he was throwing at people who were a fan of Marvel, MCU, and comic book movies in general. And he said he felt sorry for Scarlett Johansson and you know the movie and everything and you know we're, we're gonna talk about his ass because I, I I really don't like when people do that because whatever dude Ethan Hawke said the same thing and we're gonna get into that because Ethan Hawke said the same damn thing and he's starring in a TV show on Disney plus opposite you know <laughs> opposite Oscar Isaac who's playing Moon Knight He's playing, Ethan Hawke is playing the bad guy, so we're going to talk about that. And the thing is, like I said, more news about the MCU. We're going to talk about Black Widow. Um, its box office was freaking incredible, okay? Um, we're going to talk about that. And, and yeah, honestly, I, I, I kind of did a review of, of the movie, a spoiler review. And I think, I, you know, I can't remember if I did a non-spoiler. I think I just went straight into it and did a spoiler review. Because at the time I did it, it was pretty much, I think the bar, embargo had been lifted. So I'm going to do a... I'm going to do a little bit of a light spoiler review of Black Widow. But biggest thing is I'm going to make sure that I cover is the, um, if I can remember all this, um, I'm going to talk about the box office. The box office was incredible. Because keep in mind, we're still in a pandemic where the movies are just starting to kind of fill up again. So the numbers they did were pretty impressive. Fast 9 did 70 million, their opener. And then they just eclipsed that. The movie did 80 million. Black Widow did $80 million. Okay. And the thing is, it's not even one of the best MCU movies, but they did $80 million. And then they made some additional money by doing that $30 uh, premium. We're going to talk about the premium model 
because moving forward, I wonder if this is going to be a thing because Disney Plus has kind of changed the game a little bit. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then we're also going to be talking about, um, you know, is this a model? You know, I, we're going to talk about this model and just streaming in general because, um, you know, there's some interesting stuff that's happening. I'm wondering if the box office is going to be changed to where they're going to have to do actual theater release numbers right and then actually combine the numbers because i you know i'm wondering if this premium model is going to be something that they do moving forward and include that into the box office so we're going to talk about that a little bit and of course we're going to talk about loki all right they just did their season wednesday um they had their season final not a bad show um it definitely introduces you to some other stuff coming up you know uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit and uh, also, there's been some reports from The Hollywood Reporter about Loki that's going to be worth talking about. So we're going to get into that a little bit. And, um, yeah. And if, I, if anything else comes to mind, I might cover it. But, uh, um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. But, but do me a favor. If you happen to be listening to this on um, Stitcher Radio, on, um, I would say, on uh, Spotify or on Apple, wherever you're hearing this podcast, all right, do me a favor. Share it. And do me a favor and also maybe give me um, some kind of a, uh, a rating. If it's a bad one star or four star, whatever you think of the show, help me out because it kind of gives me an idea of some things I need to. I already know I need to improve on some stuff. The quality of the sound could probably be better, uh, better microphones, all that stuff. Right now I'm operating with a blue snowball. Uh, I've heard they're pretty good, but I mean, I know there's better tech out there. <laughs> But, hey, this is uh, kind of bootstrapped right now. But, uh, just you know, tell me what you think, and I'd really appreciate it. And um, you can follow me on different social media. Um, I got my YouTube channel. That's uh, Mr. Jones Speaks. If you wanted to check out some of my video content there, I cover MCU news, uh, Marvel stuff, um, comics, uh, other comic book stuff, you know, DC stuff. So, you know, if you wanted to go check that out, also, I do a little bit of, I do have a TikTok channel. I want to try to grow that a little bit. So, I also have a TikTok channel. If you want to follow me and go there, check out some of my content. Um, it's kind of a little bit of comedic. I do a little comic book stuff and, you know, reviews there, too. So, that's uh, Mr. Jones Speaks on TikTok. So, check me out there. All right, but let's get it. So, Stephen Dork. Stephen Dork, Stephen Dork, Stephen Dork. Let's talk about his ass. I don't like this guy. I really don't, you know. I don't like arrogant people who, especially you're in a, a industry where the people is who pay your checks, okay? Because things, well, I wouldn't say the people themselves directly, but if nobody shows up for your movies, there's going to come a period of time where people are going to stop caring and you're not going to start getting those roles like you used to. Stephen Dork knows about that because of the fact that he's irrelevant at this point. Seriously, what else do you know him in besides the first Blade movie? That's it. I don't know him anything else. I mean, he's been in a couple of small, you know, straight-to-DVD stuff. I mean, he did a TV show recently called The Deputy, and so it got 40% rating on Ryan Tomatoes. You know, so the reviewers, like, butchered this show. They didn't like it at all. But, um, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about him because this guy, he, I, I just don't like the where he's going with this. And I almost think I heard somebody, somebody actually commented in one of my videos I did recently and said that, they think that he's probably just giving shade to Scarlett Johansson because he's got some irrelevant movie coming up, one of these another straight-to-DVD movies. Or I think it might be in theaters, or some MMA movie he was doing. But, you know, I, I'm not even sure what the release date of that is, but apparently he's got something else, a project coming up. So it might be why he's doing this, to actually get some clout chasing from somebody who's actually important and relevant right now. 
Yeah, but see, that's the thing. He comes out there and he makes these statements about Scarlett Johansson about, and there's multiple articles you can read this about. Everyone's pretty much getting, I think the original source was the Hollywood Reporter. But the thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, he basically comes out there and, you know, this is this genre of movies that everybody loves. Billions of people are fans of these movies in this genre. The superhero medium is huge right now. And the thing is, he's talking trash about this movie and how he feels sorry for her. And it's like, why do you feel sorry for Scarlett Johansson? Do you think she feels sorry for you? This woman is relevant because of the fact that she is an Academy Award nominated actress. Not many people can even say that, that they're even nominated. Winning is great. But to be nominated is huge. And a lot of actors, there's there's thousands of actors out there. So the thing is, it's a huge thing to actually stand out so much that you stand out enough to actually get nominated. I mean, think about this. If you look at his, his work, I mean, I don't know if anything Steven Dorff has been nominated for. Oh, oh, I take that back. I take that back. He was nominated in the MTV Movies Award for Best Bad Guy on Screen. You can look it up on YouTube. It might still be there. But it's like, he's irrelevant. And the thing is, what I really hate about guys like this is, okay, he's talking about this movie and this and his actress. How she's, he's happy that she'll probably get a little bit of money, but he feels sorry for it. What the hell are you feeling sorry for it for? Because the thing is, guys like this will talk trash about these movies. But here's the problem. The problem is, you might be like Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke said the same damn thing a couple years ago, and Ethan Hawke is starring as the bad guy on Moon Knight. Moon Knight is basically, if you don't know anything about the character, he's kind of a smaller MC, uh, you know, Marvel Comics character. He's kind of like basically one of Marvel's many versions. You know, there's different versions of, uh, in the, all the different comic books of a Batman-like figure. It's, it's a The Batman archetype is something just like Superman. You always have a, had some kind of a dark hero that basically is batman like because it's so popular it could just be redone in a different way like with just rename the guy similar fighting styles or abilities but you know just change things up and there you go you got your version of batman but ethan Hawke said the same thing and now he's starring as the bad guy in the upcoming moon knight show for disney plus it's just such laughable bs and i just i hate when these guys do it because they can't bite the hand that feeds them because the thing is you're in hollywood and the fact is, why throw shade on some possibility of you doing a future project in one of these movies? Because the thing is, you know, your career is irrelevant and you may actually need to work one day. And these movies are hot. So if you come out there, you might could be a bad guy. You might be a supporting actor, something. Because the thing is, he's pushing into his 50s. So I think it'd be really pathetic if he tries to do this action hero thing. It'd be kind of silly because... What are you going to do? Just shoot yourself full of steroids and get in really great shape only to have the stuntman do all the work because, you know, your old ass ain't going to be able to do all that work. At least when The Rock gets on screen, I know most of the time it's The Rock. I would not be able to take it seriously if Steven Dorff was doing action movies. All right. But, hey, it is what it is, man. But I just I think this whole thing is funny because and here, here's why it's funny because of the fact that, OK, the opening box office for this movie is 80 million dollars. I repeat, $80 million, an additional $60 million 
on Disney Plus because they have the premium $30 option, okay? So I don't think Scarlett Johansson gives a rat's ass about Stephen Dork. Stephen Dork is full of it. The only thing, and you know, it's really funny is guys like this talk trash, but it's like, dude, you are only famous for playing a comic book villain in a Marvel comics movie. A lot of people don't even realize that. Because the thing is, you know, it, it, it clearly says, you know, Marvel, you know, something or other when the movie, you know, is starting in the credits or whatever. But keep in mind, the MCU didn't exist back in 1998 when this movie came out. Even 98 or 99. I, I just know that I was in high school when the movie came out. I got another story for that. You know, honestly, I remember it because I did love the movie, but also I went and saw it twice. One of them was with a chick that I was dating at the time. So, I, you know, I remember her name and everything. And uh, that was kind of a fun relationship in high school but you know it is what it is so i definitely remember seeing the movie at least more than once and um yeah i mean i know a little bit more about this genre than regular folks and i just know that yes marvel comics you know produced the movie uh but you know they were part of it you know the executive producing you know their, their productions you know i don't think um i'm not sure if it was um it, it might have been marvel studios something or other that doesn't even matter but the point of the story is um it was um new line that, that bought the rights to it did the movie and so there was no mcu back then but it was still a marvel all the characters in it were marvel comics characters so this dude is talking trash about a movie but he's been in that same genre in fact that's the only thing he's been relevant for it's just really sad you know there's just there's something really sad about aging actors saying stupid trash knowing that People love these movies. And this is a cancel culture society where you simply say something that people don't like and I'm not agreeing or disagreeing because I think it's kind of sucks that you just cancel people for disagreeing with you. But when you disrespect people, they they tend to remember that. And so it's, it's just really sad that he's talking trash like this because it's like, dude, I can't even think of the last time you were ever in a movie that made 80 million. No, no, if you combine it together, it's well over 80 million. Because, I mean, that, that goes into, I mean, hell, Fast 9 alone, and Fast 9 is not really a great movie. It's a fun movie, all right? It's a fun movie. I didn't think I would have that much fun because the thing is a lot of people were talking trash about it, how it's kind of the franchise is running out of steam, and I kind of would agree, but at the same time disagree because even though it's terrible, god-awful movies, right? Just like the uh, Resident Evil movies, they're god-awful. You, you could not, if you had an option of, Resident Evil or Fast 9 movies, both of them are kind of in the same boat because they're not really great movies, but they're fun movies. And fun movies can make you billions of dollars. That's kind of where we are right now with this, um, with, with the Fast 9 franchise. Not great, but even then, and, and this movie not being the best, they still end up doing 70 million at their box office opener, their opening weekend, right? So they eclipsed that. Black Widow eclipsed that by 80 million. They did eighty million dollars plus the additional sixty million. I mean, guys, you gotta think about that for a minute. I mean, what we're gonna have to start talking about is, since this is a new model moving forward, and MGM, you know, uh, they got bought by um, Amazon. So what Amazon might do in the future is some of their big movies, like um, some of the new um, 007 movies, because you know they got a female 007 now. But any other movie they they do that's big, since Amazon now owns the studio. What they might do is they might do a similar model where they have a premium model and then what they'll do is they'll have your theater uh running in theaters at the same time so they'll make money no matter what because it's a amazon is gonna be one of those first trillion dollar companies here pretty soon right 
So the thing is, the the, the moving forward, the question is, is this going to be, are they going to start to have it to where box office and online sales for premium, are they going to just roll that into the box office? Because this is the first time. I mean, they literally made 60 million. I mean, honestly, 60 million would have been probably pretty low opener for, you know, uh, Black Widow. But to be honest, most movies that do 60 million, you know, that's pretty impressive. But, but this movie had a budget of, I think, well into the $100 million mark. But, um, yeah, so that means that if you combine the 60 million with the 80 million, you know, they did well, well over that amount of 80 million, which means that they easily, if not to, for the premium, people would have had no choice but to show up in the theaters. And they probably still would have did maybe nine to $100 million for an MCU movie that has a character that on her own, I mean, honestly, I watched the movie and I liked it. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little short little review on it, okay? Because my thing is, going to some of the spoilers down, look, if you don't want to be spoiled, then go ahead and move over because, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of rolling all this into it. I'm not going to do a long spoiler review on this because I want to talk about other stuff, but I will say this. Moving forward, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with this because this is a model that, honestly... I'll do a spoiler review in a second, but I think that this model only would work to me. The premium model only works for certain movies. Anything Star Wars, even if they suck, unfortunately, it's going to take a while for Star Wars fans to finally boycott and stop going to garbage Star Wars movies. But I think, you know, it, it'll take time, but it'll work because if, if you keep pissing off the fans, then they're going to, because the thing is what, what Disney doesn't understand is if you make crappy Star Wars movies, the fans are usually people who have blogs and followings on social media and will spread the word like wildfire so but i i think only mcu big temp you know big temple size movies right mcu movies and comic book movies in general some of the big ones that are summer blockbuster movies i think those are the only ones that a model like this a premium service would work for unless it's priced right and the thing is amazon has so much money that they could afford to almost price it a lot lower than Disney Plus, and then Disney Plus would have a choice to make: do they want to be, you know, competitive? Because they're kind of setting the price at thirty bucks, but then if you have people say paying fifteen to nineteen dollars, and then of course having their box office, you know, that's going to change the game a little bit. So Disney might want to lower that price a little bit because thirty dollars. I, I think that's a model that only works for some of the bigger movies because they're getting ready to, I, I mean, to um, as far as I know, I think today, this is Friday uh, the 16th as I'm recording this, um, I'll have to check into it. I don't have a lot of interest in it, but I did, I might go see it or I might watch it on Disney Plus because I think it's available there. Um, well, you know, I, I, it depends. Now, you know, I might go to the theaters because I, I really can't see myself paying 30 bucks for Jungle Cruise because that's the next movie that they're actually going to do the streaming um, premium for uh, Disney Plus is the Jungle Cruise with The Rock and and uh, Emma uh, or Emily um, Blunt. Okay, so I mean the trailers look kind of fun, but I don't know if it's something I would pay thirty bucks for. All right, now if it was like a Spider Man No Way Home was coming out tomorrow or today, yeah, I'd probably be willing to pay thirty bucks if I couldn't make it to the theater. I don't think this will work for anything except for the bigger you know, boobies, but that's just my opinion. So we're going to see if this is a, something that moving forward, because, you know, Warner Brothers, what they're doing is they actually 
and this was a mistake on their part because they probably didn't think the pandemic they, they probably thought this thing was going to last a lot longer than it has been because things we got like i think last time i looked in the news about 200 million people that's half the population is already vaccinated and when i went to the theaters it wasn't completely packed but it was a lot more full but you know since they started getting a lot more vaccines out there to the mass overall to all the public because when i went there last time you had to wear the mask on the entire time and so the thing is that's definitely not a thing now they say if you're fully vaccinated you don't have to worry about it but it's not like they're really enforcing it they should but you know that's i mean i'm, I'm not gonna trip on that because i don't care because I, I actually took the vaccine and last time i checked you know i didn't see any body parts falling off all right i'm not, I'm not a zombie i don't have a insatiable need for meat and blood so i guess i'm good to go but uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do moving forward with this model. Because to me, with MGM being bought by Amazon, Amazon might start doing some streaming themselves. Um, where they'll have their movies in the theaters, but also have the premium available for a cheaper rate than 30 bucks. Because if it's like 19 hell, even 20 bucks, I'm willing to pay 20 bucks because you pay almost, if you got, depending on who you're going with, if you, you know, you're paying for wife, kids, or just you and a date. I mean, you're paying well over $20 unless you got that, um, because you're going to do food and stuff like that. So chances are you could probably end up paying like 40 to 50 bucks, depending on what all you get in the movie theater. So if you have something that's a easier, you know, you know, easier option that it's not super expensive, like 19 bucks. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I pay 19 bucks and if I got a pretty good sized television and I, you know, I, I want to bring my girl over and we just watch the movie, eat some popcorn you know, uh, have some dinner in or something, 19 bucks plus whatever, if I decide to cook or if I decide to order out, it ain't gonna cost me no 50, $60, all right? So it's gonna be interesting, man, because, you know, we might hear, start hearing that maybe, um, hell, maybe Netflix will end up buying a movie theater because they'll do some streaming options or something where they'll have their movies in theater and then they'll also have an option where you have to pay a premium on Netflix and if it's priced well and if it's a good movie with a lot of good reviews or whatever one of the bigger ones that's coming out yeah man I could you know this is it's a Pandora's box has been open because 60 million dollars for premium that's a big deal that is a big deal and keep in mind that you know this the the, uh, the character Black Widow is kind of a second-tier terror character she's human and no matter what anyone says, she's basically a highly trained assassin that's human fighting next to, you know, you got a guy who basically has almost magical powers at this point, you know, because, you know, when you've seen the Endgame, not Endgame, Infinity War, all right, he went from a metal suit, right, to now he basically pushes a button somewhere on his chest or something, and then all of a sudden he's got nanotech that completely covers his body. That's his new Iron Man suit, right? So you got that guy with superior technology to take on and have go blow for blow. He put, he wouldn't win, but he can go and blow for blow and go a couple of fights with guys like Thanos and some of his crew. He can't sustain it for long, but the fact that he could even do a few blows and cause a little bit of a problem, that's a big deal. Versus, you know, didn't he also got Thor? He's a god. I mean, come on now. Captain America, who's not a god, but he's worthy enough to hold millionaire, right? So it's like, then you got Hawkeye, and then you got the Black Widow. All right, look, I will say this. For a movie with a character that, you know, is likable, but I didn't really have a lot of interest in seeing this movie 
because of the fact that she's mere human. I'm just being honest, man. No one wants to hear that, but it is what it is. She's cool and all, and Scarlett Johansson is great in this character. But an entire movie, I didn't think it would work. But it did. And so let me just go into some of the, you know, just quick little spoiler review of my thoughts. I, I, and it's definitely worth watching. So for an MCU movie, we haven't had one in like almost two years. Is it worth watching? The answer is yes. Because for the whole two hours I was watching it, it was fun. A lot of action. A lot of action. Okay? And it, everything you would expect from a movie where Scarlett Johansson has always got on point fight choreography. She always looks good. So the action was on point. Now here's the thing. She's basically on the run. This takes place right after the Civil War. So it was very interesting that they did that. But um, they also gave a little bit of backstory because you know that she's Russian. And so it turns out that, um, you know, it was very interesting. They showed that this was in the 90s where she was with David Harbour, who was her, you know, her fake dad. And she had a fake mom. I, 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 I can't, don't, don't get me lying about the actress's name, unfortunately. But um, basically, they, from childhood, her and her adopted little sister, basically, you know, were trained to be assassins. And then eventually, you know, she wanted to leave. And that's when she joined the Avengers. So she had to do some dirt. And that's kind of what this movie is leading into, is she actually um, gets attacked by Taskmaster. Now, I will say this. Now, I've already told you I'm going to spoil this. I thought the stuff they did with Taskmaster was good as far as the action, because the way they did it, it didn't really go into whether he was, whether, well, I'll, I'll say this, spoiler alert, right? It wasn't no damn he, it was a she. And the way they did it to me, I think Taskmaster was wasted. This is really, really tragic what they did because Taskmaster alone is enough to be a villain for an entire movie. I mean, that's real talk. Taskmaster, I mean, think about this. Dude, Taskmaster has the ability to mimic anyone's fighting style. I'm going to give you a perfect example. Taskmaster was in, you know, the Spider-Man movie, the Spider-Man video game, right? Let me tell you something. If you want to get a good idea of how tough Taskmaster would be in real life, play that game. If you never played the 2018 Spider-Man game, okay, play it because Taskmaster is one of the side characters in side missions. And I'm telling you, if you're not careful, he will whoop your ass because he mimics all of those cool spider moves you have in the game. He mimics that shit. And that's pretty much the way they did it in this in this movie is basically I'm not used to seeing Scarlett Johansson, you know, Black Widow getting her ass whooped. And I'm telling you right off the bat, that's what happened. She was getting her ass handed to her. So I like the way they did that. But the thing is, you know, I'm not really sure if it's like. For sure, if Taskmaster in the comics is, I'm not really sure if he's an actual mutant or whatever, but he does have the ability to literally just look at your fighting skill and learn it within seconds. So the thing is, I like the way they did that, but then that reveal, and, but the thing is, it was, it was a plot device because the way they did it is it was the suit helmet that she was wearing. And it's hard for me to even say she because I know Taskmaster as a dude. So I didn't like the way they did the Taskmaster character. To me, it's almost like they're doing this social justice warrior thing where they just have to do gender changes, which, you know, I'm not against them doing that all the time. But at this point, it's almost like it's so obvious that there's kind of an agenda at this point. So I'm not going to get completely into the political side of things, but it just threw me off when Taskmaster ended up being a woman. It just was weird. It, um, that's all I'm going to say, because like I said, but Taskmaster alone could have been a better bad guy. Because the thing is, I mean, I don't know. I mean, whoever wrote this thing, what they could have done was just had it to where 
okay, maybe Taskmaster was hired by one of her old enemies. They found out that she was out of the Avengers, so she no longer had protections, and so now they came after her. That would have made sense because, you know, hey, you know, it's kind of hard to come after somebody knowing they got a bunch of gods and, of course, the Hulk. Ain't nobody going to do nothing if the Hulk's around. All he has to do is get pissed off and somebody's getting thrown to the damn moon. So they could have did something like that. But I'm not, not trying to tell anybody how to write their movies, but it's just it was kind of sad because like the MCU typically does with most villains. I mean, they only had like a few movies where they've had good super villains. Thanos and Killmonger and that's pretty much it I mean if you want to count Loki but I don't know if you can completely count Loki because he's not a pure villain he was a pure villain in the first Avengers movie which is kind of funny and I'm gonna get into that later on and how uh you know if I can remember because it's kind of funny how I did like the Loki show but it was a little bit jarring sometimes to watch because it's like this is not this, this is literally the same guy that tried to take over New York City. He pulled the guy's eye out at the beginning of the movie. He was about to execute this old man in front of a crowd because the guy decided to stand up to him before Captain America showed up. So it was, you know, I guess if you wanted to count Loki. But other than that, there have not been any really good villains for the MCU. Taskmaster is one of them. Because the way they had it, you know, her show up, basically she would just basically show up to kick ass and take names and she was silent. She would never say anything. No talking, no words, no nothing. She would just show up and be menacing. And I'm like, that's so that's that's so damn wasteful. That is such waste of a great character. Okay? But that's what they did. And going to spoilers, like I said, you know, um, she ends up being the bad guy's daughter, right? Because the thing is, when Natasha did it, like I said, it goes into her backstory. She's got some dirt on her, right? It was very interesting they showed that in order for her to join the Avengers, or not, not the Avengers, but join S.H.I.E.L.D., um, she had to basically killed a target for them and it turns out that the target's daughter was there and she chose to blow the place up even though the kid was there so she's always felt guilty about that and then when she finds out that the, the girl was still alive and being used by her own father um it was a big deal but to me that was kind of a you know it just showed that they didn't really care about the taskmaster character because to do that to a character that's that vital i mean taskmaster is almost one of the top villains in the mcu because of the fact that he has the ability to mimic anyone okay this is a guy who can go blow for blow for captain america because he can take on the man's fighting style okay captain america daredevil spider-man you know and the thing is spider-man doesn't really have a fighting style per se but he has this thing called the way of the spider where basically is his own uh fighting ability and style that's based on his you know spider agility and his um basically his uh spider sense which is you know kind of cool but even he is not unsusceptible to getting his ass whooped by taskmaster so you take a guy like that who has the ability to take on all these folks and that's what you do complete letdown but as far as the movie goes you know um i did like the yelena character her sister um her sister was kind of cool because the thing is they had this back and forth thing they were doing a lot of the times because at first they couldn't trust each other right because taskmaster came after her thinking that you know and w what happened was you know he was looking for the sister because she was looking for a place to hide and then she ended up you know he, he ended up finding her instead which was interesting because um she had something sent to one of um natasha romanoff's you know one of black widow's um safe houses so that was interesting 
But the sisters, I like their dynamic going back and forth as they're kind of basically didn't trust each other. You know, you see in the trailer they have this fight or whatever. But what was kind of cool about that is um, they're kind of setting her character up to be kind of a maybe future replacement for the Black Widow because they could easily have her joining the Avengers and being an Avengers level event movie. Which, you know, me personally, I'm, I'm going to talk about it with Loki. I think that they're setting up the next big bad guy to be Kang the Conqueror. And I'm going to talk about that later on and why I think that is because of what I saw in um, Loki. Okay. Because we already saw that Jonathan Majors is, um, you know, cast as, you know, that, or at least allegedly, you know, from months and months ago, he was allegedly cast to be in the uh, Ant-Man movie. But you know that there's no way in hell he's just going to be the movie, the, the villain for Ant-Man. To me, the Kang the Conqueror dealing with time and his abilities, you know, and his uh, powers or whatever. Um, yeah, he's an Av Avengers level threat, you know, threat level villain where it take it would take all of them to stop him. Okay, so... I think they're going to set that up, but, um, yeah, I think the Yelena character was pretty cool. Even David Harbour. David Harbour was, you know, kind of, um, it was kind of funny to see his character. He's basically playing a, kind of a dumb oaf type guy who's really strong. He has this thing where he's kind of jealous of Captain America because he's Russia's version of that as a super soldier himself. But, um, I like David Harbour, and he was pretty good in this movie, man, because he was basically... Um, you know, a father figure to them, even though he abandoned them, but, you know, he meets them years later and they kind of formed this little new friendship slash, you know, um, alliance, which was kind of cool in the movie. But, um, they even had this little tender moment between Yelena and him where he comes to kind of, you know, talk to her and console her because, you know, basically Yelena, there was this thing where she confessed that basically the most happy experience in her life was the time when she was like probably six or eight years old when they were all together as a family. Cause I don't even know if she knew, you know, as a child, I don't know if she, you know, they didn't want to go into that. If they did, I missed it. But I don't think she realized that they were not her mother and father until probably when she was a lot older and was going through her training to be an assassin. So there were some tender little moments going back and forth between her and David Harbor and all the different, you know, uh, and, and Natasha. So I thought it was pretty cool. Now, here's another criticism I would have. Oh, man. The villain in this movie, to me, the way that the direction they went with it is, I mean, why are you going to make this guy? They did this weird thing where they made it to where he got plans for world domination. And when you see the movie, it's kind of felt really out of place to do that because of the fact that, to me, it would have made more sense to go with this because this is what I assumed was that, okay, he was just some guy that, you know, had a lot of money and power behind the scenes. And he was basically a criminal with a criminal empire. But then it turns out that it's a little bit more than that. He has assassins based all around the world to do his bidding. And so he had this world domination plot where he had this map and it was all red for all of the widows that he had created. And I'm like, this is kind of silly. Because to me, they're basically saying this guy is a major player. And it's like, I don't buy it. Because you're telling me this guy is like, what? Uh, he's like, uh, <laughs> you're, you're taking, telling me he's like Hydra or something? Or he's like, um, you know, AIM? Or he's like, um, you know, an evil version of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something? I mean, give me a break. I just didn't buy it. It was another one of those things where it was just put there to, you know, I guess trying to move the plot forward. But it was just kind of silly. It just didn't didn't seem right. But whatever. I mean, I, I'm going to say this. Overall, 
it doesn't really the movie doesn't really have any importance as far as the overall MCU because it's kind of a um, a movie that takes place before all the events of Endgame. Alright. But you know something that was interesting is they kind of explained why Natasha was had that little vest thing that she was wearing when she was fighting with Captain America. Um, her sister gave it to her. So that was kind of cool that they explained that. Me, me personally, I don't know, man. I, I saw in the news recently that she has, you know, Scarlett Johansson is kind of want to move forward with her career and she has no plans to really come back. Everyone says that because give it a couple of years, maybe three to five years, and they give her an opportunity to come back. She might come back for a movie or two, you know, maybe a cameo, nothing major. But the character is pretty popular, so maybe she'll come back later on and be like a mentor for some of the new, new Avengers or something. We'll see. Um, I will say this. There's a post-credit. Look. You'll want to stay for the post credit because it sets up for the Hawkeye series. Another character that, thank God they decided to give him a series because, you know, to me, a series or even a movie, I hate to say it, but it is what it is. This is their way of giving these actors, all right, um, it's basically a way of giving them something to say that we did something for you because they know that their characters were not that powerful and kind of were just there. You know, there's even a joke. Um, there, there was basically a joke about um, the Hawkeye character in the, um, well, <laughs> on SNL. You know, the actor that plays Hawkeye, you know, this is Jeremy Rimmer. You know, Jeremy Rimmer, is it Rimmer, Rimmer, I, I think that's how you say it. I, I'm butchering it. But the point of the story is, it's kind of this joke because on SNL, he was on SNL. You know, Saturday Night Live, for those who don't know what SNL is, right? And he literally, they did a joke about how irrelevant the Hawkeye character is. And it's one of those things where, look, he's like, I'm getting paid, but... Because they're probably getting decent money to just show up. And he's like, all right, you know, if you're going to pay me to be in a series or whatever, I don't mind. Because it looks like what they're doing is they're finally starting to go a little bit more in-depth into his character. Um, this Hawkeye series might go into, you know, him actually... They might go into a little bit of prequel mode and also go into current time to see what he went through when his family disappeared. So I think that should be interesting. I, I, I'm willing to watch it as a series, but to me, it's just them kind of giving him something to kind of say, hey, man, we understand. We're sorry. But um, here you go. We'll give you the series. And then what they might do is they'll either... Had the Hawkeye character just they'll retire him and he'll just disappear. Maybe he'll do a cameo here and there in a couple of years. But I, I don't see them doing too much more with the Hawkeye character in the, in the Avengers. Because it's like, same thing. He's a mere mortal surrounded by gods. So it just don't fit right. So we're going to see, man. We're, we're, we'll see what happens. But, uh, I mean, that's pretty much a spoiler review. Definitely worth watching. And um, you'll have fun. Because... Um, I mean, we're basically going into it to where we're going to get, I think, t at least two more because Spider-Man No Way Home comes out in December if they stick with the timeline. And then, of course, you have Shang-Chi. That's getting ready to come up. And, you know, you also have the Venom movie. You know, there's speculation. I, I don't really know for sure. I maybe it's in the MCU or maybe it's in the Sony-verse. The Sony-verse could loosely be in the MCU, but it's its own little thing. But they can at least cross over in the future if they want to. That's what I'm thinking. They just ain't saying that. But... We also have Venom coming up as well. Venom 2. There will be carnage. Ha ha ha. But yeah. So yeah, definitely worth watching. So I think you should check it out. Alright, so let's get into this Loki. Alright, because they just ended the Loki. And I'm going to speculate some things because I want to talk about the, the season final. 
And then I'm going to actually go into my thoughts overall about this season because, you know, the thing is, it was so short. And I, I was contemplating the idea of actually um, doing a episode breakdown every episode, but it's like it's only six episodes. So it's like I think I'll just go ahead and do like a talk about the whole series in the show and maybe even do a, a breakdown on my YouTube channel. But um, I mean, overall, it's not a bad show, but it, it has some of its problems. But I don't think it was a bad show because the way it ended, you know, kind of like typical most of the Marvel shows. I mean, they always end you. Every episode ends with kind of a cliffhanger. So it gets you wanting to think, damn, I didn't like everything, but I liked enough to where I got to see what happens next. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's the way this season, first season, episode six, the final, that's how it ended. Okay, so let's go into that a little bit. Alright, so what did I think overall of the final? You know, they built up all this stuff over the six, six, you know, hours of the show, right? And so they finally got to this after doing all this fighting in the world where they prune you and now you're not really actually dead, you're here. Um, I will say this. I'm going to be honest with you. I was a little bit let down by the ending. Because it got to this point where, okay, and look, we're, I'm, I'm going into spoilers. It's the end of the season. So, I mean, look, I, I the show ended on Wednesday. This is Friday. So, everybody's had a chance to watch. And those who haven't, all right, look, pause it and come back. But I'm getting ready to go in on this show. Likes, dislikes, all right? So, here we go. Spoiler talk. I didn't like the ending, man. I just felt like it was kind of a letdown. Now, it was kind of cool to see Jonathan Majors, but the way they depict him, okay, it's pretty obvious that he was playing Kang the Conqueror. Except this was, because, you know, if you know anything about Kang, you know there are different versions of the Kang character that exist in the comics because he's been around in different timelines, but there's also a multiverse where there's different versions of Kang. And so what was interesting is, I, I, I honestly, this version of Kang, I he came across as weird and quirky and it's like they were setting us up for what's going to happen in season two and i guess spoiler alert yes there was an announcement that a second season of loki is coming but i didn't like the depiction of him in this i mean because to be fair he just came across as this weird idiocentric guy oh i know everything that was going to happen because it's all been written down ha 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 right and so it should be interesting to see how different the other variants are because when they got to this point you know that that weird electronic uh digital watch thing turns out it's working for him and then also you see that the main director okay she's you know basically trying to find kang herself and then mobius walks in and you know talks to her and you know um it's really interesting because um yeah they were trying to convince them that it's possible because Sylvia, you know, she she, the, she goes by Sylvie, right? So her version of Loki has the intentions of killing the person that caused her all this pain, the architect of the variants all being taken out of their lives and used for the TVA and controlling everyone's lives. And then, of course, um, the Loki we know from New York, he's offered to basically win over the city of New York, right? And take over Earth. And so he's offered to be basically the winner in his story and actually kill Thanos. 
And I, what I thought was interesting about that is the story, the way they put this character is it's really weird because the thing is, I guess it, I like this show, but I will have to say this. To me, the Loki we see that has been built up over a damn near 12 year period, right? Because the first Avengers movie came out in 2012, but the Loki character has been around since I think 2010 or maybe 11, because that's when the first uh, Thor movie came out, right? So the thing is, they built up this character that's been around for a almost well over 12 years now, right? And over the six-hour period of the show, they changed the character, but it's just, I, I gotta say that, it was just very strange the way this character has been done for the entire season, because it's one of those deals where it's like, okay, the character on the first Avengers movie literally pulled out someone's eye in order to get access to something that he needed. He told everyone to bow down before him, and he was getting ready to kill and execute an old man in front of a crowd of people. Then he, of course, invaded the Earth, starting in New York City, and it's like, come on, man. And then he shows up with the Tesseract, and then the TVA knows he's there, and it's like he they kind of easily take him out, right? And then when they get him, it's like, I don't know, man. It's like I, I guess they did it over six year, a six hour period. But it's like to me, that, that's one criticism I would say because when you get to this last event in this episode, right, and you see that he's given this choice and how he's basically the same version of Loki that we knew that was killed by Thanos at this point. And I think you know, and and I, and I do have criticism of that, but I think that what's happened is I think the way they get away with it, I didn't like it, but I can see why they got away with it. They got away with it, and he chose not to actually get all the things he wants because of the fact that he actually genuinely saw where all of his decisions have taken him. And so I, I think that's one thing that was good about this show is that um, there's some people that criticize and they say you take this powerful guy who's kind of arrogant and who's a bad guy and something that took years of development in one season, you basically dismantle all that so it's unbelievable. I think the way to get away with that is because of the fact that he saw himself killed by Thanos. He realizes that there's different versions of him and he sees those versions and sees parts of himself in them that he didn't end up liking. And so I think that's what happens is because of all this stuff, him being a variant, he sees that basically, you know, I don't like the person I am. So then he meets Sylvie, and it's obvious that he cares for her. So, you know, he cares for somebody other than himself at this point. So I can kind of see, even though I have criticism, it was interesting to see that in the final, he had that decision where he said no, and then him and Sylvie end up fighting because when they actually meet Kang, and this is where it's going to get is interesting because they're obviously setting things up for the Multiverse of Madness Doctor Strange movie coming up next year. And they're also setting up some stuff that's going to probably happen in the... Um, the the rumored Spider-Man No Way Home. You know, it's rumored there's going to be multiple versions of Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, um, some of the different villains that we've seen in the other Spider-Man movies, you know, because there's a multiverse, right? So um, I think that this movie, because of the variations in the timeline that happened because of some stuff that um, basically um, Loki has changed, right? Him and Sylvie. 
and I guess um, some of the stuff that Sylvie has set up by doing all these different things in different timelines, it caused things to branch off. And it was very interesting that he was given the option to where Kang basically said that there's different versions of him. Um, the one you see, I'm tired. I'm willing to just pass all this down to you. Oh, excuse me. Had a little burp there. I don't know if I, maybe I'll edit that out. Maybe I won't. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, that's a lot of work. Y'all probably might hear that. Who cares, right? But um, it should be interesting, man, because they're setting up a lot of stuff for this. And, and I, I will say this. It was pretty interesting because, you know, um, one of the uh, the hunters that actually sided with Sylvie, uh, I think it was Hunter 15, I think that's what her name was. I, I can't remember. But um, she actually showed some of the other TVA soldiers because they came after her. So she showed them that, look, this is the director. They actually took her to a school where she was the principal. And then they saw that she didn't know what was going on, but they saw that she was that exact person so they're like okay something's off and so it looks like now they're working on taking down the tva but here's the interesting thing sylvie essentially betrayed loki because they had this little time sequence where they you know a little period where they were fighting because loki's like what a bit what if he's right we can't just kill him because if you kill him what if he's right and it just causes everything to go into chaos and even worse versions of him because you know basically worse versions of him did exist so what we saw in this which i didn't like but I guess it's, you know, it's typical Marvel. They're setting you up for, you know, season two and other stuff to come. Because I, I got to be honest, I hate it that they brought Jonathan Majors in as Kane the Conqueror. But this wasn't Kane the Conqueror. This was a different version of him because there's multiple versions of him in the multiverse and in different timelines. So I did kind of like that they went into that. But at the same time, I wish I had seen at least a hint of that version in this show. Because we got the wuss version of Kang. I wanted to see at least a hardcore version of him, at least right before the end of the season, but we didn't get that. So I will say that was a kind of just my little pet peeve is I didn't like that, but I can live with it. Because after that happened, Sylvie, of course, you see that she betrays Loki and sends him back into the TVA. But then he goes back and he realizes something. And then it turns out that everything was starting to change already because he looked over there was a statue of Kang the Conqueror right I think that was Kang the Conqueror he looked menacing so I'm assuming that was Kang the Conqueror that we saw that statue of when he was in the archives also Mobius Mobius and the uh, Hunter 15 they didn't know who the hell he was that was interesting so the timeline has already shifted man I I will say this I do have some criticisms of the show, but overall, just all the different stuff that we've seen that led up to this event. I mean, kind of the breakdown of the character that, that to me, he was almost like a comedic character in this show, but they made him do a character analysis of himself by showing him all the evil stuff that has happened to him that he has done. And then, of course, you know, he meets Sylvie and then he realizes that he cares for somebody. Right. Or at least he's starting to feel something for somebody other than himself. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because it's like, I wonder if this version of Loki moving forward is going to go throughout the MCU and actually meet his brother again. And we're going to see where that goes because Thor saw his brother killed. And so this is a different version of his brother that survived because he was, you know, a variant. So we're going to see where this goes because um, I got to be honest, I didn't like the way they ended it. But at the same time, I did see why they did it because I'm so 
dope to see season two. And damn it, I gotta wait another year because you know it, it, that's the nature of the beast, man. You gotta wait a year for this stuff to happen. But um, it makes me look forward to everything MCU moving forward, man. Because yeah, the way they ended it, um, I think overall it was a good show. And I didn't think they would do a second season, to be honest with you, because I, I mean I heard that they weren't gonna do one, but then you know there's always rumors and stuff, but. Um, yeah, they're definitely set up because I, now here's the rumor because they didn't confirm it. Marvel didn't confirm this, but the Hollywood reporter has basically reported that Loki is probably going to be in Dr. Strange two, the multitude of uh, multiverse of madness, which would kind of make sense because he already sees and was introduced to the multiverse because of the fact that he saw all the different timeline shifts and was introduced to different versions of Kang the Conqueror. So it would kind of make sense that maybe he would show up very briefly, but at least a version of him, maybe the one we see in the show, is in um, the Doctor Strange movie, the second one. And then also we have that um, um, they already announced that a second season, of course, is coming. So I don't know. Overall, I was pleased with it. Okay, so I think that it should be very interesting moving forward. I look forward to it. I, I really do. I think it was pretty good. So, um, as far as all that goes, um, yeah, man, I, I, I just, I mean, that's pretty much it right there. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to more MCU stuff. In fact, I'm gonna give a little theory. I think that the stuff that we see in this show, Loki, I seriously believe that this is stuff that's gonna lead into Doctor Strange. I think this is gonna introduce some of, you know, different Kangs, right? We're also gonna see some of this. Um, I'm not sure when another, the next Ant-Man movie's coming out. But I think that they might even go a little bit into Kang right there. But I think they're setting this up to where, to me, Kang is the next Bat, the next Batman villain, <laughs> the next MCU Avengers level event. Okay. Because the thing is, you got a guy who basically has the ability to repel attacks from the Hulk because he has this powerful battle suit and 30th century technology. He can teleport. He has um, ray guns, for God's sakes. Um, he has superior technology. He has time travel, phase shifting, all this different stuff that makes him superior and definitely someone that, you know, hey, man. And you know what that could do, too? Now, this is just speculation because, you know, they're trying to they, they, they got the rights to the X-Men characters. This could lead into since there's been variations and changes in the timeline, this could lead into maybe Kang actually goes to ancient Egypt in one of these movies and you actually see them introducing the idea of the first, the first mutant, which was Apocalypse. And if they do that, where he, maybe they change it up to where he does some experimentation to create Apocalypse. Because he wants to change mutants or create mutants because it would actually help his agenda in the different timelines. So that could be one way they could do it. You know, I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but then that's one way they could do it. And, you know, and I, I think I'm going to end the show like this, too. There, there's been this w weird rumor, very interesting rumor that um, apparently you know, there was this post on Instagram by Hugh Jackman where it showed some kind of hint that maybe he might be hinting that he's going to be in the MCU. You know, my thing is this. I think he's just trolling the fans. But keep in mind, too, that um, 
anything's possible because if they're introducing multiversal characters, um, we saw that there's different versions of Loki. There's the ones that look exactly like him. There's a female version of him. There's an alligator version of him. There's the old man one. There's the black dude, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a black dude, Loki, that looks kind of more like a Thor-type guy because he looked more like a warrior than a traditional Loki-type dude. There's kid Loki, so there's all these different versions of it, so there's a possibility that there's a different version of Wolverine in different uh, multiverses. So you could have Hugh Jackman's Logan do a cameo. It's possible. I highly doubt it, but it's possible. Because my thing is, I would say it'd be more of, okay, it'll be a cameo because Hugh Jackman's, well, by the time they introduce the X-Men, this dude's going to be pushing into his 60s. I think right now he's like 53, 54, something like that. I mean, he played that character for a minute. And, you know, that, that character puts a lot of wear and tear on your body because the stuff he had to do to get physically fit for that role. I mean, the constant bodybuilder training routines, the diet manipulation. Um, there was some stuff he did to where, you know, in order to look good for photos and films for certain shots, um, I heard he was doing some dehydrating type stuff because, you know, it's kind of like bodybuilders. You know, a lot of times bodybuilders will be damn near dehydrated when they're getting on, on the stage because they don't want to retain a lot of water because having a lot of water retention will actually keep you from looking separated as far as all the different muscle striations. So there was some stuff that he was doing like that, I heard, for, to make himself look more ripped for Logan. So the thing is, I doubt this dude would want to come back and do any, like, full-time training or want to be going to that almost Olympic level of training for Logan. I just, I, I don't see that happening. That's just my opinion. But um, that's it, guys. I mean, that's pretty much this show. Um, I look forward to doing other shows in the future because there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, honestly, we're getting into the point where there's a lot of good content coming. And um, I'm probably going to be talking about some, some, some the next couple of shows. There's going to be some Superman updates because um, I, they brought the show back for episode 12. All right. As the show is moving along, I mean, they're going to some interesting concept. I might talk about the um, uh, might talk about, about the Superman show a little bit and um, we'll get into that. Got some more Star Wars and Star Trek news um, that I'm going to get into in the next show. Um, you know, if I remember it, M most likely I will, but um, I'm probably going to get a little bit more of that stuff because there's a lot of news coming for Star Wars, but it definitely Star Trek. You know, there's an announcement they had a new director, so I'll probably be going over that pretty soon. I can tell you I'll probably be talking about that in YouTube, so if you want to go check it out on YouTube, I'm going to be doing putting together some content. You can follow me at YouTube.com, I guess. Mr. Jones Speaks, you can just look me up on YouTube, just type in Mr. Jones Speaks and I should come up easily. Alright, um, and do me a favor, since you listened to this whole show all the way through, if you liked it, go ahead and rate me on whatever platform you're listening to this on. I'd appreciate it. Um, share the show with other people that you think might enjoy the show, and that's it, guys. Till next time, I am done. You can follow me also on TikTok. I'm trying to grow this TikTok following, so if you want to check me out there, TikTok at Mr. Jones Speaks, alright? So that's it, guys. Till next time. Later.